TP for my bunk order. <laughs> Actually, my name's Ryan. I'm here with John Reynolds. We're at Amore's Italian Restaurant in Snyder, Texas. I'm John Reynolds. I was born in Austin, Texas, raised in Abilene. I was the youngest of four brothers. Uh, one's no longer with us, but um, those guys are the ones that taught me how to be funny. And once I moved, you know, on with my life forward with children and things like that, I decided I was a little funnier than most people do, so I decided to do comedy. Now I'm here, military veteran, and doing a show at an Italian restaurant and gonna make some people laugh. Huh? <laughs> like, have you ever had a kid wake up at the edge of your bed? They both have. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here with Chris Crawford. We're at Amore's Italian restaurant in Snyder, Texas. Born in St. Louis, Missouri. I grew up in a small town called Carruthersville, Missouri. There wasn't a whole lot of future in it for me there. I had uh, wasn't wasn't I didn't have scholarships. I didn't have a lot of money, so I joined the military to provide myself a future and guaranteed employment. Now, um, turns out I really liked the military enough that I stuck around for 20 years. Towards the end of my career, I had a chance to start becoming an instructor, where I learned how to do public speaking, and at that point, I took an interest in doing stand-up comedy. Now, I did stand-up comedy uh, as far away from that town as I could, and I brought it back to that town, and a kind of grassroots movement uh, built, a, uh, built a scene, and at the same time, built my own experience and cut my teeth, and now I get to do it on a regular basis, uh, traveling to cities all over Texas. But no, everybody gets road rage. It is true. You don't have to admit it. But I'll tell you, I recently learned something about myself. I'm pretty tolerant of other drivers. What gets under my skin, what gives me road rage, are the people in my own car. Here with Michael, Mike, Mike, Triple M. We're at Amore's Italian Restaurant in Snyder, Texas. It's Amore. Amore. My name is Michael Salagosa. I, just, um, I don't like saying it too much because you think like I know Spanish when I say it like that. So it's Zaragoza. That's what it is. Um, I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas. I think I'm 39 years old. Um, I have a lot of kids, and uh, they made me these great hairs on my beard. Um, I started comedy, actually, I just got my um, first, or my second, um, what is it, memory on YouTube for my second year. So uh, actually, that's during COVID, so I've been doing it like maybe a year and a half, maybe a year and some months. And uh, I have now created Loudmouth Entertainment. Um, in, a, in about a month, there's gonna be a, Junior Loudmouth Entertainment. Um, I like to be loud because growing up, you know, they always said that uh, the people who were loud were the ones who were weak. <laughs> and, you know, they always said, oh, they're loud, they ain't about shit. You know, watch out for the quiet ones. Uh, fuck that. I yell really loud because I can back it up. They'll give me some chew up, chew up, chew up. You know, watch them all the bike ankles and shit. But your back hurts, you know what I'm saying? The cow goes moo. <laughs> right? But give it two fucking months later. The cow goes Hi, I am Marvin Morell from Snyder, Texas. I am 54 years old, been doing comedy magic for over 30 years. I was born not far from here in a little city called Colorado City, Texas. Um, I am uh, divorced with a couple of kids. I play bad golf regularly. And uh, most importantly, I just love to make people smile and laugh. So, it wasn't easy. Yeah, I uh, got kicked out of Weight Watchers for making sarcastic comments. Uh, so the first show that I've ever been to was with Tony Castillas, and 
you know, I saw him up on stage. I saw he was the center of attention. He's up there murdering. And it really inspired me to kind of chase that dream that I'd been scared of already. So I did my first open mic about three weeks later. And I told a lovely story about how I got almost assaulted by a, a giant man um, in a way that I did not want to be. And it went over so well. My wife was crying. She was like, you're meant to do this. And that's all the check marks I needed to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go for this. So. My first, uh, my first open mic was actually in Austin, Texas, at a place called Austin Java. Uh, I went there um, because I was, I needed to get away as far away from my home crowd as possible because I did not want to be in front of anybody that I would be facing uh, the next day or anytime soon. I, if I was to do bad, I didn't want it rubbed in my face. However, it turned out um, it went okay. In fact, I got hooked on it and I brought it. I came, went back to San Angelo and I wanted more of it. So I started having open mics there and started uh, pushing comedy in my hometown of San Angelo. Um, well, see, when I first started comedy, you know, I was I was told multiple times that I was funny, that, you know, uh, I should try stand-up, but I never really listened to it. And then I had a, two very two people that I trusted their word very much that to uh, learn how to write. Because it's one thing, you know, I'm a barber too, so cutting up in the barbershop, it's one thing to have all day to come up with a punchline or whatever, compared to having a certain amount of time and having to punchline every 16 to 18 seconds, you know. Um, but at the end of that, we gra on our graduation, we had a show that we did too. This was at Dallas Comedy House that uh, they, it's no longer there. But um, so we did, I did the classes. At the end, I had to, got to go on stage and it was very nerve wracking, yes. And I'm the only one out of the class that kept going. My very first show, I was 15 years old, and I did the birthday party of a friend of mine's. And it was a great experience for me. It was unlike anything I'd ever really done up until that point. I was very active in uh, choir and drama and theater going through school, but I uh, found that doing this just seemed uh, more worthwhile and something that I could excel in much more. Oh, dude, I'm nervous right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Shoot. Now, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's one of those things, the fight or flight response, and I'm too fat to run, so I have no choice, but when I get on stage, I have to stand up there and fight. I used to be a fighter, so uh, mixed martial arts kind of gave me the temperament to be able to handle, you know, somebody one-on-one, -on -one, because it's you against the crowd. I don't care what anybody says. But most of all, you got to get over it being you against yourself first, and I kind of figured that out, but you know, I'm still learning, still moving, and just working to get better, really. All right, um, no, primarily I get nervous early in the week. Um, I know exactly where I'm going. I usually have some idea of the type of audience I think is gonna be there, and I work really hard all week long. And I, th I feel like you know, on day of, if I worked hard enough, then I've earned the right to do well. And um, I think of it, if I have nervous energy, it's very much like taking a test. You study hard for the test. You know what you're doing. You know what, you're, uh, you, know what you intend to do. And you know everything that you're supposed to do. Um, all you have to do is do it. So I think, um, I think that I get nervous early in the week and try to make sure that I study really hard for the test. And then on the actual show, that's the test. Hopefully I get an A, but I know that I've earned it. Nah, man, uh, I, I do get nervous. You know, I have to do like a, a power stance or, you know, um, get like the negative energy off of me. So, you know, I do a lot of different things for uh, stress relief. Um, but I have a friend that she's very, very like powerful with the uh, energy thing, you know. So whenever she's there and I'm feeling bad or like nervous to go up, 
we hug each other and we have a long embrace and then, you know, she, dude, it's crazy how the negative energy just goes away and I just go kill it. Well, I've been doing this for over 30 years, so the answer to that is, of course, yes. We all get nervous right before we go on stage. Anybody that says differently, I think they're lying to you. Um, I don't think it's nervous so much as it's just that nervous energy. It's just that split second before the lights hit you and the mics come on and the, the applause dies down where we have to just take a deep breath and dive right in. Uh, growing up uh, in my household, my dad used to play vinyls all the time. We had Richard Pryor, Cheech and Chong, uh, Sam Kennison. Like I'm talking all the, all the great comedic gold that you would possibly, like you couldn't even show on TV nowadays since everybody's so sensitive. All that stuff was given to me and showed to me as a kid and it's just, I don't know, uh, performing, things like that is really what got me into comedy, but also that, that real heavy root and, and just making people laugh gives you positive attention versus making people mad giving you negative attention. So that's what got me in comedy. Uh, I, I credit a lot of it to my father. All right, I, uh, I moved to San Angelo, Texas where I became a military instructor. I'd never done any public speaking and I was learning uh, learning how to do that and the case of, for the sake of teaching students. I teach about 16 people a day, all day, every day. At the end of the week, I'd have a chance to talk to 200 at a time, giving them a safety brief. And you try to make, a lot of times, mundane or boring information as interesting as you can to, to create vivid effects so that they'll remember it. And um, I found myself joking around and doing an awful lot of that. I had recently read a book by, uh, can I say the same name, uh, Howie Mandel. I read Howie Mandel's book and I really, um, really wanted to give it a shot. And sure enough, the first chance I got, I went to Austin and gave it a shot. Um, well, as a magician, I got tired of carrying six different suitcases with me. So I don't do as much magic as I used to. Uh, so I really enjoy being able to do more stand-up because I've not really had a chance to do that as much as I would like uh, with what I do. And plus, it's a lot easier to pack. So have Mike will travel, and that is all I have to bring with me uh, by doing so. No, uh, a typical week for me, because I also I, I put on comedy productions as well. Uh, I'm a welder by trade, so I work at least 40 hours to 60 hours a week. And that bleeds over a lot into my family life. And, and I will say, um, most women, that are married to a man in comedy probably couldn't handle it and I'm glad that I was able to get somebody who's such a strong person and basically a rock and keeps pushing me into the direction of my dreams because comedy is my dream and you know I weld because I, I have to I do comedy because I want to and you know my whole family supports me uh, it's a struggle sometimes I'm not gonna lie it's not always you know, rainbows and sunshine, but at the end of the day, we're all, you know, kind of working towards the same goal, and everybody kind of gets it. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I got to do this stuff, or I'm going to do it at family reunions and stuff, so. <laughs> uh, actually, I am married, and I have four kids. I have a, um, I have a full-time job, so I would say that I try to remember that comedy is second in my life, but uh, for, the most, uh, for the most part, I do everything I can to be as normal of a dad as I can be. And then I break off and I go and I rehearse in my, in my own little studio or the room that I have set aside to do so and try to impact them as little as possible. Uh, as far as scheduling, scheduling events, if they have a swim meet, they have a football uh, game, they have anything I need to address, then they're first. That's, that's it. So I, I, schedule my, I schedule my comedy around my family. 
Oh, man. Well, at the beginning, uh, I would do three mics a night, five nights a week. And, you know, they're overnight. You know, they're, I would drive from one place to the other place. And sometimes there was like an hour difference in between. And uh, then I'd be out all night. But besides that, I got in real good with some of the venue owners and some of the big comics. And so we would be at the club, even when it's closed down at two, I'd be there at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, chilling with them. Networking is the major, the biggest part of it. Network, 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 I highly believe in that. Um, but it affected my family to the point where uh, I got a divorce. Well, um, my kids are grown and uh, no wife or girlfriend to speak of, so my week, it doesn't affect it uh, particularly. Uh, I'm on the phone or on emails at least an hour or two a day. Uh, I'm, if I'm not doing that, I'm writing or I'm reading, I'm uh, researching whatever I can do to hone my craft, to excel at my craft, and to, uh, to move forward with it. So a typical week, that's, that's kind of what I do uh, in, in between um, working and playing lots of bad golf. First time I ever met Amy, it was at Hyenas Comedy Club. Uh, it was my first time playing Hyenas, and I, you know, I'm a little starstruck looking at everything. And she was, uh, I, I don't believe she was producing. Um, she was there, she had a booth, and it was for suicide prevention. And uh, that year I actually lost like three friends, uh, whether it was overdose or suicide. So, and I've lost a lot of friends. So me and her kind of, we clicked on that little point right there, and, um, you know, me being the, uh, what they call a nervous Nancy, uh, you know, I was over there, you know, blowing her ear up, talking about comedy and things like that. She was super sweet, super amazing. And now we're doing shows to this day, and that was almost, you know, seven, eight months ago. Now, um, now I met Amy, I met Amy at an event. She was actually producing, producing a show, and I thought that she was really quiet. I think that she, or thought that she was an extrovert. No, I'm sorry, an introvert, an extreme introvert, because 100% uh, was on the focus. She had, she had turned in, she turned a restaurant into what looked like a comedy club, and it really impressed me as far as um, as far as just knowing how to change a room and change an environment to ensure that the comics had the best shot at success. So I think that the ability to flip a room and the knowledge of how to set up a show is what was showcased, and I felt um, like. Like I said, was very introverted. There was not a whole lot of BSing going around. It was, we are down to business. This is what we do, and let's get ready for a show. I met Amy. She had actually hired me one day um, out of the blue, and it's crazy because she hired me for a certain venue, uh, Chocolate Lounge. Uh, I was a headliner. Real shit, I love the fact that she's uncomfortable holding that mic right now, and I'm trying to talk as much as I can so she can hold that up, and she, you know, so uh, gets tired. Um, but no, Amy's, Amy's good people, man, for real. That's why I keep fucking with her. You know, it's hard, it's hard, no, it's hard, for real. That's, it's hard in the comedy scene, because it seems at first everybody cool, everybody's cool, everybody's cool, and then it's cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking cutthroat, you know? They come for you when you're doing good. If you're on the same level, all right, they're cool. But once they see you excelling, or once you start getting your own uh, LLCs and your trademarks and all that, then they fucking cutthroat, man. Uh, Amy and I uh, became, uh, acquaintances through my older sister who is an actress who is uh, doing lots and lots of projects just all over the place and uh, her and Amy's path crossed I guess more than once or twice doing things out of the Metroplex area so they had a really good working relationship and my sister uh, said that I should try to get in touch with her and I got in touch with her 
and we've been in touch since then and uh, we've had the opportunity to do several projects together now and uh, with with many more to come my uh, my first impression was uh, a very relentless woman uh, somebody who was very focused and very career driven who uh, who was taking the steps to move the next step of whatever that may be in her life with her film stand up acting, writing, producing, whatever that is. So she's, she's got a very clear vision of where she wants to go. And uh, I think that's cool when you know uh, where your, where your uh, long range plans are, where your destination and, and your destiny, or where you feel like your destiny lies. Never stay, I mean, never change who you are. Um, I've been trying to, they try to dim me down quite a few times, you know, and loudmouth. So that's what I changed my company to, loudmouth, you know, to show them that uh, you're not gonna shut me down. But I do make, like I said, I'm vicious, I'm not malicious. The single most important thing you can do is never, ever, ever compare yourself to somebody else. But the only thing that we like, try to accomplish singularly is just to make people laugh. And it's really that simple. So it doesn't matter, you know, for me, you above me, below me, right with me. It doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, everybody is with us. We're bringing something that nobody else can ourselves to, to a weak and weary world mm. and for why we do this is pretty simple it's not just to make it make it worthwhile I say I'm a liar a thief and a cheat but the truth of it is I am just a guy trying to help other people forget whatever's going on in their life for 90 minutes or however long the show goes and that's all of us yeah, he just took like the Golden Globe or the Oscar or whatever and people hand out. <laughs> I think what I would, number one, I'm going to touch on what he said for a second. Because last, last Saturday I was in Brownwood and we did a show and I was standing in the back and someone came to me and said, and she said to me before I went up, it's so good, it's so good you guys are here. That table up there with the 13 people, it's like they lost somebody on Tuesday. They, they really, uh, to see them smile and see them laugh, this is really what they needed tonight. Get on stage. That is the advice I'd give you, and that's what I give you. And if you don't have a stage, do what I did. Make your own fucking stages. Oh yeah. Not I, I don't necessarily practice my jokes all the time. I like I like fucking with people. Like oh Sonic the Hedgehog over here. Um, <laughs> yep. No matter what, no matter what you do, you're always gonna be forgotten at least once or twice in your life. And then like like me myself, I'm from Abilene, Texas, with 120,000 fucking people in it. I had to start my own comedy shows just so I can have a stage to stand on. Yeah. And every now and then, every now and then, I get looked over. I get forgotten. But guess what? The, the, the thing about that is don't get bitter. Because the only person in this world in, in comedy is going to tell you no is you. <laughs> Y'all are this. stupid as shit. Man, look, he going through a fucking white woman's purse. Yeah, yeah. I'm but, a white man. I know the rules. You ain't supposed to yeah, do that but, shit. But, That's how you win. But you're not real white because your head's backwards. All right, so. but this is what I know. This is a white woman with a purse. She's probably married to a white man. Nope. And she needed something that was long-lasting. Oh, so, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And, and I pity any girl who's a it's, it, it's medical. I've seen a man with that up his nose. Let's see what, let's see what it does. How many of these you got? Um, yeah, here. Let me get some. Okay. Yeah, never volunteer. Oh, shit. It's bubble gum. <laughs> 